0: Welcome to the Cell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Denman. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading tax sell expert. I'm the author of the Cell Playbook. I'm the founder of the Cell Academy, and I'm also your host right here on the TaxSell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As a reminder, this podcast is available on a number of different platforms, including Spotify, Spotify Video, YouTube, and anywhere else that podcasts can be found. So make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast is also completely free through and because of the Taxel Academy, which you can learn more about by visiting TaxSellAcademy.com. So it's pretty well known that I do not shy away from investing in vacant land. In fact, I actually kind of enjoy it. While I will invest in homes, commercial properties, and just about everything else that exists under the sun, I definitely invest in lots and lots of vacant real estate. Many investors, especially new investors, do not have a solid grasp on exactly how to invest in vacant land or even why somebody would want to. So in today's episode... I'll be discussing vacant land at tax sales the benefits behind investing in it and the approaches you can take when you invest in it so a little bit of history on my end, and i actually write about this inside the tax sale playbook when i first got into real estate i did so as a real estate agent i was only 18 years old Since nobody would or even really should, for that matter, trust an 18-year-old kid to sell their most prized possession, I ended up selling what nobody else wanted to sell. And that was the cheap vacant lots where I had to earn a few hundred dollars as commission for everyone that I sold. Now, fast forward some, and when I started investing, I immediately seemed to gravitate towards vacant land at tax sales. I did this for a number of years before eventually working in single family homes and commercial properties into the mix. Today, it's a very solid mix of just about everything, and I'm extremely confident with all types of real estate. But there is no denying that I built the foundation of my tax sale business in the early days on vacant land, as have many of my members inside the tax sale academy. But vacant land is such a misunderstood investment vehicle. So many people, especially the new investors, just don't understand it. The reasons are going to be the obvious ones. The buyer pool is small since nobody can live there. And you can't even rent it out if you're unable to sell it. And then you're stuck with a tax bill every single year for that dirt. While those are good points, we can actually create arguments for or against any investment vehicle on earth. If we want to bad enough, it's just a matter of what your strategies and objectives are. If your objective is to make money as a tax sell investor, vacant land is going to be a pretty good way to do that. So let's dive into a few key points when it comes to vacant land. First off, why should you even consider investing in vacant land in the first place? Well, in some areas, 99.9% of the tax sale properties that are offered are vacant land. You could obviously find other areas and invest in other areas if you only want to buy homes at tax sales. But if the opportunity is there, why should you look past it? If it's right in front of you, why are you looking past it to try to find something else? I've seen countless new investors want to invest in single family homes so bad that they never buy a single property as a tax sale investor. And they exit the business quickly thereafter, all while they overlook, while they ignore extremely profitable vacant properties. Properties that could have likely made them a significantly higher return on their money, all because they thought they, end quote, should be investing in single family homes. Another aspect is that vacant land is also typically much easier to maintain and manage than a single-family home, and it also comes with a lower level of liability. Now, obviously, different areas have different laws and ordinances, and you are required to take care of vacant land in some areas, especially inside of certain city limits. But when you compare that level of care to the level of care that is required of a single-family home, it is going to be substantially less. With a vacant lot, maybe you'll send somebody to mow the property every now and then, and that's it. But with a structure, you will be responsible for any disrepair with that structure in order to keep it up to county or city codes. And it's probably important to note, most structures that you will find at tax sales are already going to be in some state of disrepair. They're going to be deteriorating when you purchase those properties. So it's going to be your responsibility to make sure that property get kept up to county code. Additionally, There's also a much lower barrier to entry when you look at investing in vacant land compared to homes at a tax sale. And if I'm being honest, that's another huge factor that actually drew me to vacant land 20 years ago when my available capital was virtually non-existent. These are just a few of the pros behind investing in vacant land. I've obviously have many many videos on investing in vacant land over on YouTube and I've got a couple of podcast episodes on it as well but hopefully this gives you an idea of why you shouldn't simply overlook it now let me go over the top three questions that I get about vacant land the first one who is buying it who's even buying this vacant land that you're investing in with a house it seems pretty obvious to most somebody will always need a place to live right at least that's the argument people have against investing in vacant land that's what everybody says you either have an owner user or you have a landlord investor and that is true in part because it kind of makes some sense right but the fact of the matter is what happens is many people fail to think outside of the box when it comes to this in fact most people themselves have never Purchased vacant land in their personal lives. So they wonder who in the world is buying vacant land well What about the person wanting land in the area to someday build or put a mobile home on? What about the builder themselves looking for inventory lots? What about the investor? Wanting to build spec homes. What about the investor simply wanting to park their money in one area until it starts growing up what about the speculator what about the guy who simply wants to buy or invest in real estate but doesn't have a whole lot of cash all of these and many more will define your buyer pool and depending on these specifics depending on how you market the property the buyer pool for vacant lots or vacant parcels of real estate could actually be much larger than the buyer pool that is willing to buy a house that is falling down. It's very important to understand that your marketing is what will determine your buyer audience and you should always have an idea about how you'll be marketing that property well before you purchase it. So for example, if I'm buying a house, then I know I'll likely need to do a suit to quiet title and I'll probably just list it with a realtor since I don't want to have to show the property, deal with inspections and all that nonsense. But if I'm selling a vacant piece of real estate, I'll probably sell it myself unless there's something obscure about it or unless it's highly valuable. I've sold hundreds and hundreds of properties through what I refer to as unconventional selling strategies. This is something that we teach about in depth inside the TaxSell Academy. But in short, this means utilizing the internet, leveraging the internet to advertise your property With an out of the box type approach, it is very, very easy. Once you're established to send a vacant property with a few specs about that property to a list of thousands of potential buyers and get a deal written up on that property in a matter of hours or even minutes. If we're talking about a house, however, It can be much more difficult because people have concerns about the condition of that house. Nobody wants to buy somebody else's problem. And a lot of times, that's exactly what happens when you're investing in homes at tax sales. You are buying somebody else's problems. Now, you either have to solve it or you have to sell those problems to somebody else. So rightfully, people are a lot slower to act when it comes to single-family homes compared to vacant land. If you have an established buyer's list, in short, there are loads of buyers for vacant properties out there, especially when you're able to sell these properties at a slight discount and when you market those properties correctly. And yes, those same buyers will exist in both a hot market like we're in right now or in a much slower market, which will be coming soon because I've been there and I've done that through all types of market cycles. The next question that I get, should I clean it up or should I improve it to increase value? A few of the ideas that have been tossed around are clearing the property, adding a well in septic, fencing the property, that kind of stuff. It almost seems like human nature to think that we have to fix up a property in order to make any money off of it. And I totally get that. So when you look at it, we first have to approach it from strictly a valuation standpoint. When we are valuing vacant land, We will usually do so the same way we value a house, and that is by using comparable properties. We will take similar sold properties and derive the value of our subject property off of the sales data for those comparables. Now, unlike a house, if we're able to find a solid comparable property, or two of them perhaps, we don't have to dig too far into each property to account for all of the different features like maybe an extra half bath maybe it has a you know a two-car garage instead of a one-car garage all that kind of stuff with vacant land we will simply tweak here and there based on the lot size the specific location and that kind of thing so if all things are equal we have one comparable property that sold for ten thousand dollars another comparable property that sold for twelve thousand dollars we can generally assume ours is going to be worth somewhere in the ballpark of eleven thousand dollars. Obviously, that is overly simplistic, but that's the general idea behind it. Now, back to the question, should I improve the property to increase the value? Is your property lacking anything compared to the other properties that we use to value it? By utilizing a comparable property, we have now determined the point where the least a seller will accept and the most a buyer will pay meet in the middle. That's the entire idea of establishing market value. Now, it's going to be up to you to determine just how comparable that property you used is. When we compare the properties, are the comps cleared? And ours is thickly wooded, for example. Do they have wells and septic tanks already installed? And ours doesn't. Are they tapped into the area water system? And we aren't. From a pure valuation standpoint, your property will be as valuable as a similar property provided it has the same or similar features. It is that simple. Now, if your property is lacking, let's say it is not cleared and all of your comps are cleared, well, then your property is going to be considered inferior from a valuation standpoint to those properties that have already been cleared. How much less? Well, it depends on the area, on the size, perhaps how thickly wooded it is and too many other variables for me to sit here and make an accurate guess. But if your property lacks when compared to others, you will need to bring it up to par with those comparables if you want it to be of equal value. But get this. Unfortunately, what I've seen over the years is people attempt to approve their properties to make them comparable. And they spend far too much money that they will never get back out you know there's a difference between say bush chonging a property for three hundred dollars and hiring a land clearing outfit for ten thousand dollars that's a big swing of numbers there it's up to you to determine where that threshold is but listen very carefully in many situations simply selling the property for slightly less than that comparable that perhaps is a little bit better than your property is going to be the most cost-efficient solution, not to mention it's also going to be the easiest and the fastest on that same topic. Many new investors wonder what can be done to increase the value of their property, even if it is not inferior to the comparables in the area. In other words, how can we take our property and make it more valuable than the property right next door? Now, listen, I would love to be able to say, do this, this and this, and you can increase your value exponentially. But in most cases, unless you are developing or subdividing that property, the money that you will sink into it likely will not come back as a net positive return. Now, that's just my opinion. There are a number of situations that I've heard about over the years where people put money into property and they make some money back. But just like installing a $50,000 pool on, say, a $100,000 house is not going to increase the value of the house by 50 grand, if you spend $10,000 or more to clear the property or otherwise improve it, and it's only worth $10,000 in the first place, you likely will not produce a positive dollar-for-dollar return in most situations. Now, with that said, there are some things that you could do to improve the appeal of the property to a potential buyer. This is comparable to adding new mulch and flowers in front of a house. I know that the $100 I spent on that mulch and flowers isn't going to give me a dollar for dollar return, but it will help with the aesthetics of the property, in which case that money can almost be looked at as a marketing expense as much as an improvement expense because it will get people in the door. When it comes to vacant land, a quick bush hog, a quick mowing, cleaning up any trash on the property, or perhaps even marking the corners of the property if you know where they're at, are just a few of the ways that you can appeal to buyers without spending loads of money. But the last thing you want to do with a vacant lot or any vacant piece of real estate is dump loads and loads of money into it, trying to improve it, because most of the time, you're not going to get it back out. Okay, so you bought a vacant lot but there's a problem. You can't sell it. There's is an issue that people ask me about all the time. What if you can't sell it? The concern is that then you are stuck with a tax bill on a piece of property. You have no use for. Well, in nearly every single scenario like this, the issue is not that you can't sell it. That is going to be your result. The issue is you bought it wrong. It's easy to buy a property and then blame it on the market blame it on the audience blame it on the area blame it on whatever else you want to because you can't sell it but the truth is you are the one who bought the property wrong I firmly believe that you make money when you buy a property not when you sell it to me if I don't have a clear well-defined and proven plan on how I'll be exiting a purchase before I buy something I I will not invest in it. Simply buying something because it's cheap or you think it's under market value isn't a long-term viable investment strategy. Sure, it'll work many times, but eventually you're going to be wrong. The market's going to change or you'll find yourself in some sort of issue. But my intention with every single property I buy, vacant or not, is to have some sort of immediate Profitable exit strategy that I am extremely confident in. So, for example, if I'm buying a vacant lot, I want to know that I have a buyer for that vacant lot and not just one person I'm relying on. I want multiple buyers for that vacant lot. For most of the areas that I invest in, I have lots and lots of people who I know will buy the properties from me. If you're just starting out and you don't yet have a buyer's list, it's time to do a little bit of research. Maybe you've taken a look at all the comps. And you have discovered that they typically sell for, say, $20,000 and they take around 30 days to go under contract. That means you would need to buy the property at a discount, of course, but you still need to be able to resell that property under the $20,000 figure and still make money. Unfortunately, what a lot of new investors do, they look at all these properties, they say, okay, these properties have sold for $20,000 but my property is special. My property is going to sell for twenty-five dollars or $30,000. Newsflash, you'll probably be wrong most of the time. So instead of saying that, you should say, these properties have sold for $20,000. So I'm going to price mine at $17,000. That way, I've got a little bit of margin to play with in case something goes wrong. That way, my property is going to be the one the fastest properties to sell. So my capital is not going to be put out there much longer than it has to be, and I can take it and move it on to something else. Now, all this sales data is available online for free with a little bit of research. Unfortunately, a lot of new investors don't want to put in that time. They want to jump at the first opportunity they get and they often overpay for properties. As somebody who is brand new to the business, you must be patient. You actually have to be more patient than an experienced investor has to be. You must have the discipline not to enter an investment before knowing with 100% confidence that you'll be able to exit that property very quickly and very profitably. So there it is. Hopefully this helps to address a few of the concerns when it comes to vacant land. Regardless of whether you prefer to invest in homes, commercial properties, or vacant land, it's important to understand all of the opportunities that exist so you don't overlook them. That's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes here on the Tax Cell podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. And as always, if we can provide any additional help, please visit our website for the most comprehensive step-by-step training that we offer at TaxSellAcademy.com. Take care and make it a successful day. We will see you next time right here on the Tax TaxSell podcast. Bye-bye.